That's what happened on Monday. Is a disaster I saw coming a mile away. I'm just like, how am I not avoid? Every time I move, this thing moves with me. <laughs> it's like, it's it's rolling down the hill. It's unpredictable. <laughs> I, should I just stand still? Maybe it'll go around me. I don't know. Yeah, but that bowling ball totally hit us all. It was crazy. <laughs> like everything we did to try to duck disaster just made it more real. I'm like. I'm hearing all the words, but I'm so happy you're here. Oh, thanks. Like, oh, I'm yeah. so happy that you're back on the island. Oh, like, right. You were gone, and you were off-island for a good while, but now you're back, and yeah, it's just it's just a joy. I gotta say, like, I'm, it sounds like I'm being an asshole, but I'm not. Like, I'm so happy you're here. It's weird I'm that so we're happy that I'm not paying yeah. attention to what you're saying. <laughs> no, but isn't that crazy? Like, you can the say words I don't really absorb. Nice. I'm just yeah. absorbing the aura, and it's fantastic. Yeah. I just like yeah. the way you're talking. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I hear it all. I, but I'm enjoying it. Yeah. Anyhow. Yeah, Speaking of talking, a, yeah. this is a podcast. This is a podcast called What's Up With That Bro? And we uh, we watched that TV show Lost in reverse order from the last episode to the first episode. Or as we like to say here, we have to go backwards through the show with one of our hosts, Chad Wago, who's never seen Lost before. That is correct, David K. Jones. I've never watched Lost, uh, except for when we started doing this podcast. That was the first time I ever watched it. And now I watch it every week with one of our other co-hosts, AJ Nieves. Ladies and gentlemen, we are back in the building. Thank you very much for tuning in. Um, we are considering Lost. This is episode, uh, well, season two, episode 22, three minutes. Michael convinces Jack and several other castaways to help him with his rescue. Uh, Charlie struggles with Echo's decision to stop building a church, which is kind of what we get. Our general synopsis of the episode kind of takes us into this. Um, how are you guys feeling about this episode? Why don't we ask our guest how he's feeling about this? Yeah. Also, let's go ahead and introduce our guest, folks, returning here, Anthony Negrelli. Yeah! Yeah, welcome back. <laughs> Anthony. Oh, man. This is crazy. I, like, it's, it is weird. Yeah, it is. I am... You know what? It's like you guys say it's like I'm back, but like what's weird is like I, I maybe I'm too comfortable in this house. <laughs> you know, what I mean? it's like I'm that guy who comes over and you're just like, oh, you come over kind of too many times this I, week. I pour my own water in this house, and <laughs> I haven't. I'm, I'm not sure if David is cool yeah. with it, but yeah. I'm just so comfortable in you this nice home. You have a key to this house. <laughs> I do. Like, yeah, I'm, you still haven't returned the key. I, I have not. I still have David's house key. Yeah, like I'm not trying to get like super personal here, but you know I've gone number two in this house. You know what I mean? And I feel like that's another. That's that's almost like sleeping over. You know what I mean? It's like it's, it takes a certain kind of bravery, I think, to be you, on the. You go. left a part of you here. You know? <laughs> exactly. You know, so I feel like it, that just it's 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 kind of like when a when a when an animal sort of reveals his underside. You know, he's just like I'm vulnerable. I'm vulnerable. This is me. You know what I mean? I'm just a person here. And uh, but yeah. So yeah. But yeah, good to be back. Yeah. And we're just here to rub your belly. Huh? <laughs> yeah. Not while you're pooping. Yeah. And just give you a nice little pats and. Ah, uh, thanks. Yeah. yeah. So uh, the opening shot of uh, this week's episode, uh, we got a little time placard, right? Oh, yeah. 13 days ago. Uh, so this is the episode where uh, we're not flashing back way into a person's past to uh, find out more about them. This is one where we're flashing back into the very recent past and they're just telling the story slightly out of order. Yeah, did that fuck yeah. you up a little bit? Because it kind of fucked me up when that happened because I was like, oh, we're still we're just doing all island stuff. I didn't realize to the end of the episode, and I was like, wait, what What were all the flashbacks in this episode about? Like, what episode? Whose episode was this? And we realized, oh, this is a 
This is Michael's episode. Yeah, the flashbacks were just from almost two weeks ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. so we're seeing Michael when he uh, apparently is not with the group, um, which is not our first time seeing Michael, but damn, it's 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 a it's kind of a different thing. I was I was a little thrown by it, but I no, it's like it's kind of like when you like. It's almost like because you guys are watching the show backwards, it's like it doesn't, you know, but it's like, oh, I see when people put things in an order, they do it for a reason. There's a reason they showed me this episode then had this weird flashy back episode after that. But you guys are just going to the flashy back episode after that. And then actually this coming, what will happen in the future for you guys, that'll be the one that would have made this one, I think, seem like, oh, that's clever how they did it. But now it's just like... Uh. That's how it's supposed to work. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, However, yeah. we've made some mistakes. No, 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 but I, that's what I'm saying. It's like, It almost highlights... It, it, it's like seeing... You get to see a little bit of the trick, maybe. I don't know. Yeah. You know, It's like, oh, it's not as exciting once I see the... <laughs> you know. It's just a guy with a puppet. I don't know. <laughs> Every time we see Tom Friendly in his beard, we know it's fake. Right. Yeah. Or when you, like, that's that's the first thing I thought. when Because you see these guys real early on, and you're like, these costumes are amazing. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just, you're like, these people put a lot of effort into looking like they live in the jungle all the time. Especially because you know that, yeah. you know what I mean? And, they actually have houses. But then again, when that woman came into the tent, I'm like... Her skin is flawless. It is impeccable. I was that like, skin is amazing. Yeah, I can't do that. And I live in civilization. I don't, you know what I mean? I guess I also live on an island. But she's working the island. <laughs> she knows how to live on an island. Like, you know she's going around finding every, like, every helpful skin-toning berry mm-hmm. that she can massage under her oh. eyelids. And, and I can tell. Like, I was like, oh, I see that oily skin. I have that too. <laughs> and I can see the reflection in the camp light. And I can tell. She probably has to carry on those little wax papers and, you know, whatever it is. I'm like... <laughs> That's high maintenance. She's really into Avapuhi shampoo. You know that for a certainty. Because yeah. it's very strange and unknown. I explained it, so it made it not count. <laughs> yeah, that was that was very funny though. You're right, but yeah, seeing these people and then and then you think to yourself, like, you know, there's they're these very civilized folks, right? You've seen mm-hmm. you've seen that. And it's like, man, they're kind of like when you see this episode, and if this was the first time you saw them, you're just like, oh, these people are crazy. But then now you, but like, you know that they're not that crazy. So then you're just like, why, 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 they, why couldn't they have just gone and be like, I don't know, just talk to them. I don't know. But yeah, I guess that doesn't make for very good television. I don't know. People don't talk. I don't know. They yeah, have to like. It would have been a very different and show. And that's a definite, like, that's a definite trope within a lot of these mystery box shows that, that lost kind of. I wouldn't say it was the was the father of, but they they did it to like a to a degree where that was that was a trope where they have a lot of these hanging you know scenes where there's a question asked by someone and then it just like they cut to another scene and that happens so often you see it in a lot of other projects that Damon Lindelof does now but um it's just I guess it's one of those things so they can build the tension but or build the the mystery of it but if you're just building tension for the sake of building tension that kind of like it kind of it makes it. It cheapens it a little bit, don't you think? Yeah, it's like, I don't know, there's that kind of term, like, when you're trying to get to the motivate or the reason why things are happening, there's like this, like, what is it, Occam's Razor? Like, start with the yeah, simplest yeah. explanation. And in Lost, it's never that, right? It's like, it's always like, layers! I don't know, it's just... 
there's always the machinations yeah, and yeah. someone trying to manipulate things. Yeah, and I'm just like, these people work so hard. You know what I mean? It's like, I would just be exhausted if I, I was them. I'd be just and like, you to, like, leave your hut and go back to your nice bell- right. like house, you know what I mean? Your uh, pre-made fabricated house. I'd be like, where? Can your we, Dharma house. Like, can we stop doing this plotting? Because I feel like I need to find food. I, swear, <laughs> I haven't eaten, like, three days. Like, you know, I every... shoes. Yeah. yeah. Right? Can we, can we steal some dead people's shoes? <laughs> you can, know, we, can we find a size 10 out there? You know everybody's staring at Ben. They're just like, hey, look, look, we get it. We know you love the theater and theatrics and the whole flair of it all, but you're having us out here wearing fake beards and tent huts. I want to go back to my Stephen King book back in, you know, I could have brought it here, but I'd I'd rather read it in my house. Because Juliet gets to stay at home and read books and listen to music while everyone else has to put on costumes and walk around. Yeah, presumably there's like a bunch of people that are still... uh, you know, living inside houses, and these were the people that Ben selected right. as the ones yeah. where it's just like you guys. You are my troop, and, and you know what? I'm just saying, like, all, like storytelling likes to use these sort of like archetypes, right? And I just think it's funny that, like, yeah, what was like, what was the like the gay guy's idea? He was like, oh, I'm gonna come up with like a theater production. <laughs> you know what I mean? We're gonna put on some beards and some costumes, and we're gonna. <laughs> She's like, everybody gets a beard. Put all your beards on. But we're women. No, you get a beard too. <laughs> this is very you know what? This is very Hollywood. This is actually like a really old like storytelling type where it's like the the artist and the, the, the creative types and the thinkers, we're gonna we're gonna trick the like the you know, the whoever it is that's just coming in with the guns and everything yeah, like that, yeah. you know. We're gonna we're, trick them with our razzle dazzle. Yeah. And sometimes it's like a comedy, right? Sometimes it's like a comedy and like, you know, or like a black yeah. comedy, right? And other times it's kinda like this where it's just like but it is that same sort of like, yeah, we're gonna you know, put on this like crazy, like Mission Impossible, like pulling off our faces <laughs> at the end, like ta da! Like they were just a, sh- a shade shy of that, yeah. right? Like, it's like, yeah, it, it's ridiculous. Because these, there are, they're all scientists. Yeah. Most of them are like scientists and stuff like that. But like every now and then, they go into battle mode. And I just wonder if it's like the same. They, it's just like they're really good at acting. Once again, they're like they're yeah. go, they're just. Yeah. They, yeah. They're, thank you. We've even, been talking about even this. with like the idea that when they're going into battle mode. They are mostly like scientists and stuff, or they were like the children of scientists. So it's like that's why they're all such bad fucking shots. <laughs> oh right, right, yeah. <laughs> that's why so many people are not dead in this show. Oh, but there is there is a whole like slew of people that get killed off in the show. And we mentioned this on the podcast before, but the idea is like these people are totally okay with murder on both sides. I mean, it's all it's like a fight for survival. Maybe it's like a you know, when wartime type of thing when you're in war. But at the same time, it's just like, they'll murk somebody in like the next episode. Like, I think I have feelings for this one girl. Like, yo, you just, <laughs> no, this is what you're you... weighing the uh, the death of a person on your soul yeah, right I, now. I agree. And well, I think it's Michael killed Libby. We know that. And I think a lot of the people that end up getting killed on the show are being killed by the Losties and not the others. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because they're better shots. <laughs> <laughs> they got an ex-Marine, <laughs> a Red Beret or whatever. <laughs> From Iraq, an Iraqi torture yeah. uh, on their squad. That's, so essentially, the Losties are the goon squad to the others, like exactly. peaceful, harmony, That's what Dharma. I'm saying, the, the theater troupe. <laughs> it's just trying to... <laughs> you know. all, right, all right, all right, let's bring this back down to earth. Let's, this, let's talk about Michael. This is a Michael-centric episode. Um, and speaking about that, 
Man, god damn it. Why does Michael not trust his friends? He trusts these strangers who are offering him, him and his son, safe passage on a boat off this island. Are you willing to make that deal? Like, would you be willing to make that deal? That's a terrible deal. And I don't know. Are they, they really his friends, though? <laughs> that's like sending, but to me, like sending him and his son on a boat, that's like sending me, like, here's a pair of sneakers in a canteen and go into the desert. You know what I mean? It's like, <laughs> like I, maybe I live. I don't know. Yeah. But yeah, that was that. Yeah. that you're right. Why? Yeah. Why does he trust his friends? Right? Yeah. I mean, so like, but yeah. Jesus Christ. When we see how they react to him wanting to go after his son, they're always trying to slow him down and tell him he can't do it and things like that. And I feel like, ever since his son's been taken, however long it's been, at least thirteen days, he keeps wanting to do it. And all, all his friends do is get in his way. And these are the people tr- telling him they'll give him what he wants. So at this point, it's like his friends are working against him more often than they're working with him. Even if it's for his own good, in his head, you know, it's the way he's experiencing it. Yeah, yeah, sure. Oh, I see what you mean, right. It's, <laughs> But then, like, how crazy is it, like, when, like, we watch that once, right? It's like, you're right, he, and Hurley kind of comes around at the end. Right. Right? That's sort of, like, unexpected, but he's like, oh, all this talk about Libby's death makes me want to kill some people. <laughs> and I'm like, attaboy, Hurley. <laughs> you know what? Go get your murder on, boy. Yeah. Do you think if they sent Hurley in, like a like a like a solo warrior, you know what I mean? He's just like you know, he could be like this harbinger of death, right? It's like all who come into contact with me die. <laughs> you know, it's gonna be kind of crazy. I don't know. Oh, I mean, he does start killing people in the third season. He runs that guy over with a van. <gasps> oh yeah, yeah. don't mess with him, man. He is capable of vehicular homicide. <laughs> the simplest homicide. Yeah. <laughs> Yes, yeah, that's interesting. Oh, but but uh, the other thing about it is, like, we're, we're referring to all of these people as his friends. Just because you've been stuck with people for, I think at this point it's probably, like, what, 70 days? That doesn't two necessarily... Because we already passed 69 days. I remember that happening. Yeah, yeah we're around two months right now. Okay, so, yeah, it's, mm-hmm. like, it's been, like, two months that right. he's been hanging out with these people. Wow. So, that doesn't necessarily make them his friends. Yeah. True enough. They're just people that are around all the time. I don't know. I think you bond pretty hardcore after 60 days or something like that. Yeah, especially going through a traumatic experience the way they did, how they arrived on the island. Like, those those are the events that, like, cement bonds that, like, last forever, like, for most people. I mean, of course, you know, we're talking about this show, and that was a valid point, because how close are you? But he's putting the trust of his safety and his son and these people who he doesn't know it's just it always it just seems so like oh and also too yeah there's another point that the that the show kind of hammers in and it and it comes up a lot and it it doesn't work for the episode in my opinion but the idea he says it's a father's right i have the right this is and they hammered on that like the writers felt like they needed to make that the driving motivational force for for michael it's a father's right and it I guess they thought like the audience would be on the side, like, I get it, I'm a father, I, you know, I'd go after my kid too and all this and these people that are known for two months, whatever. But at the same time, like, you know, everybody should have been like, nah, it, like these are lives that, that you're bringing along with. Yeah, you. yeah, that, that's right one of the big things. It, he's just like, I have the right to make the decision because it's my son. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's like, why can't Jack just say, yeah, but it's my ass on the line. Right. right. Well, here's here's my Michael critique because we're all agreeing that like yes, that that father thing pretty strong, right? But 
This is my advice to Michael. Hey, dude, uh, just before you go out doing that, maybe just comb your hair. <laughs> That's the whole thing I was thinking the entire episode. I'm like, uh, not with that hair, you're going to be convincing anybody. Right? It's just like, that's what I've learned. It's like, you want to start looking leader-like. Be like, take a take a page from yeah, Locke. take a shower, he keeps man. That, he keeps that freaking bald head nice and tight. Mm -hmm. Keeps that stubble nice and trim with those blades. Right? It's just like, and people listen to yeah. him and they go, you know if what, If fixed up just a little bit, put on a nice, like, island right. suit and tie. Yeah, and then you would be right in there. I will do anything you say, Locke. Like, we see this. People follow him. You know what I mean? Yeah. But like, but see, because once again, it's like, I know this is another weird trope, right? But you see that whenever you see like these leaders, these officers, you see a lot of times they're just like, you know, they like, oh, I, I've learned in the in the in in, in a, the military academy to shave every morning, an officer who <laughs> shaves, and it's just like, yeah, because no one wants to be taking orders from a person with bedhead. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, right. You if, if you're going to take orders from someone, you want it to be someone that looks like they know how to take care of themselves. Right? Yes, yes. If they know how to take care of themselves, such a good point. He's got, they he's, might be he's able got to take the care broken of you. arm, you know what I mean? He's coming in and it's just like, I just got out. It's like, maybe we're going to wait three days before we let you make decisions. Because yeah. he's, he's wearing a flannel shirt with no sleeves. Which <laughs> I think that is what Larry the Cable Guy wears. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm saying. Larry the Cable Guy, not a man I want to follow yeah. to war. If you were camp, if you were his campaign manager, and Michael, you'd be like, Michael, what the fuck are you wearing today, man? I can't believe it, dude. We're we're campaigning for your son's life, and you look like that. Did you think that was a good idea? Like, if you but, did, but, here, but here's the thing: you would tell him that, and Michael's just like, I'm a father. It's my right. <laughs> it's my right to look fucked up when I save my son. Because he he doesn't want to hear anyone. No, you're right. Telling him anything. Okay, maybe we can make this point also. There's they we show that we. We've seen that he's been in that tent for a week, so I, we mm -hmm. don't know what kind of torture he's been through. Maybe he was broken, and then you know he's he'll say yes to anything. But at the same turn, yeah, say yes, and then when you see your peoples get right, and you're like, hey, okay, so they sent me back. I gotta come bring you guys and save my son. They said only bring you guys, and that would have kind of worked just as well, you know. It would have worked yeah. way better yeah. than what did happen because what did happen was he just said. Because that's the way it has to be. Right. And I feel like that's the writers just hammering that point so people don't have to think about it. Like, well, that's Michael's whatever. And I think this is early in the in the series. Like, this is season two. So it's just like the show is catching this wave. So I think, the, like, a lot of viewers are willing to be a little bit more forgiving with stuff like this. It's with like, just because. Yeah, like, the just because-ism, like, that don't fly. Especially yeah. in today's world of, like, entertainment viewing. Like, stuff like that, you know, like, after a while... People are well. People are different now. People are a little bit more hip and with it, and they have all their Reddits and stuff. So, um, but yeah, that stuff it doesn't fly as much. That just because it's just, you know, just based yeah. on like internal consistency of the characters. It's like every fucking one of them, except for Hurley, should know better. Yeah, no like, better. Like than to just accept, uh, just accept Michael's. That's the way it has to be. Yeah. So that's what made it. Like weird. all I wanted was for someone. Saeed. And Saeed did this, yeah. was just say, why? Why? Yeah. Why? Yeah. And he got that He got that one off. I love that scene that we had with Saeed and, uh, and, and Michael. Because like, he shakes his hand, and I feel like he goes in to cover it with his other hand. I feel like that was some Iraqi shit where he's like <laughs> measuring his pulse. Like, oh, this dude's lying. Yeah. His, well, he, he's yeah. beating. It's an like, interrogator like, trick. Yeah. And you know what? And, and here's another thing that always gets, like, <laughs> not to get 
board game nerdy again, but like in all those games where one person is the traitor, mm. you know, all you have to do is be like, oh, why are you doing that thing that's not helping us win? Why are you doing that thing? Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's not a good play. Tell me why it's a good play, and I might think you're not the traitor. And then they're like, uh, yeah, tell this because it sucks. Yeah. Tell me why Hurley, the friendliest dude on the island, is the one that you want to take to go and attack people. Yeah. Tell me why Hurley, the fat, clumsy dude, <laughs> is the one that you want to take to infiltrate the enemy camp. Yeah. 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 I'm, a, I'm very disappointed in Sawyer and Kate. Like, they, I mean, you know, and Jack too, because he didn't figure it out. It was Saeed, and he had like, to. Like, Jack's supposed to be smart. Yeah. Sawyer's a fucking con artist. He should have been able to spot a <laughs> He should have been able line. to read that shit from a mile away. <laughs> and Kate's got good survival yeah. instincts. I mean, Sawyer was distracted because he just found out that Jack and Kate got caught in a net. The end of the chick that he just bone died. Yeah. yeah. But that's that, you know yeah, everyone's in a really emotional state. Yeah. Though. They kind of well the the you know now that we think about it the the natives or whatever they kind of did luck out that like it wasn't like Negan or I should say <laughs> Negan I don't know people might not you know but that just some like you know psychopathic murderous band right. of people didn't land there and this was like the last little bit they needed to snap right it's just like because it would have been like uh yeah you can kill kate because we don't need that anymore because it's like uh we got caught up in a net with her yeah. so we're good it's, it actually takes a lot of resources to feed pregnant women so we've just decided to put that on hold for a little bit yeah so you know maybe that's after so we terrible. win this fight we'll take yours no that, that's why they sent the uh that's why they sent um what, what's his name uh the guy that uh juliet was banging oh we, uh no not Woodmore. goodwin goodwin Goodwin. that's why they sent like goodwin to go and like infiltrate uh, the losties to find out more about them so that ben could f figure out are these people that can be manipulated or do they need to be eliminated yeah oh nice that is that is such a nice chess move because that 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 shows like marks of a great leader because now you have all these people and you could just murk them and then you don't have people on your island anymore or like using his resources you find up you find up all the information you can on these people and then use that to decide which bucket of either manipulation or elimination they go into that's kind of that's kind of dope that is some art of war shit <laughs> right yeah that's interesting I, I you know I on the other hand though like. It's it's interesting how people behave, like or the kind of things that keep people in line, right? It's just like, how do you know they're not just gonna murder you when you walk into their camp, right? I don't mm -hmm. know. I don't. I. It's like, you know, it's funny. I've seen people play. I play it both ways, right? I've yeah. seen people who are just like, you know, yeah, maybe we're what we have to hold on to some sort of like. I don't know, like code or whatever. Otherwise, it's just like I gotta worry about my children at night or something. You know, it just it makes you scared. But uh, then I've seen other times where people are just like, uh, "That's a weakness, and I'm gonna exploit it right now by stabbing you in the throat." It's like I thought this was a, just a meeting. It's like that's why you're dying right now. You're dying right now because you thought we could just talk, and I was just waiting to get close to stab you. I I don't know exactly how the first uh, how the first season went on the show, but I kind of imagine. The people that were like that ended up getting smoke monstered or polar bear. Oh, yeah. <laughs> not not yeah. because they were making bad plans or anything, mm. but just because the writers needed everyone to sort of play together nicely. No, you're right. Yeah, it's 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 no fun if everyone is just like, I don't care if I die. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's that's too much. You want to let the kamikazes do their yeah. thing early. 
Yeah. Chad, how are you going to feel when we get to the first season and you find out this love quadrangle we've been seeing with Jack and Kate? was actually and... like a love sexagon? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm going to see... This isn't a <laughs> phrase that I say in the recording of this podcast, but when we're watching the show before we record, one of the things that always gets a laugh out of David and AJ <laughs> is when I just murmur under my breath, this fucking show. And it, I do it, it happens, every time. It happens quite a bit, and yeah. it is fantastic. <laughs> every so time much... the love quadrangle thing starts up real strong. There is such a raw anger that that occurs in you when, those, when that happens on screen. Because it's like... I was enjoying the show. Everything was going really good. And then you hit the brakes for this dumb shit. <laughs> it's like if you find a little bit of poop in your burger. And you're just like, <laughs> like, this was a good burger until I found this small bit of poop. Get this poop out my burger. I, I don't know. It, I, I, one thing I think about when I see that is I often think like, hmm. See, that's kind of what it takes sometimes is proximity. You know, it's like, like, don't you notice that? Like, girls and guys and everything like that. It's just what drives them together. It's it's a lot of it's just interaction, right? And Mm -hmm. if there's, like, two guys and two girls or this and that, it's just like, yeah, they're all going to end up hooking up. (laughs) That's how the CW works. Yeah, Yeah. that's how CW works. That's how, like, every, like, reality show featuring 20-somethings work. But once again, it's like, I, I don't know, life is a little bit like that, right? It's like... You have to be in proximity to the person you're, you know, you're with at some point, right? That's kind of what, I don't know, how many, how many people do you actually come into contact with, right? Not too many. And now these people are shoved together. It's just like, I can almost guarantee it. Like, it, you even see it in, like, groups back in the day. If there were ever, like, guys and girls in the same group, I'm like, mm, how many of these people are going to end up hooking up? Probably so, all of yeah. them. Yeah, so <laughs> I mean, looking at... The problem is not that... There's people hooking up. The problem is that the show puts the brakes on all the plot development in order to have the people that want to hook up or have just hooked up or are about to hook up just stare at each other <laughs> longingly or mis- start miscommunicating it so that they can stare at each other resentfully. Oh. <laughs> like, it's all just like these long looks that they give each other where it's just like, come on. Do something. I can tell you exactly Do what something. it's for. Say no, something. You're, you're, you're going to appreciate this much more now that you know what it's for. It's for Koreans. That's how their <laughs> dramas are all structured. Yeah, but here's the thing. The Koreans on this show, yeah. they actually have plot movement. No, I know. So they need to give people those things that they're familiar with. And like that was how that's how they fill those dramas. It's like long looks and recaps. And mm-hmm. man, Lost has got those. <laughs> yeah. It's got them in spades. <laughs> yeah, so that's what I'm saying. But that's because they're just like, yeah, that's what people need. Like seven seasons or a lot of, you know. Mm-hmm. Of, and that, how are you going to write all that? You can't, you know. So sometimes you just I would have been okay with five seasons. Yeah. But there's a demographic that, like, that's how they're used to viewing their, like, series, you know mm-hmm. what I mean, is, like, with those things. And that's, they pulled her straight from that, right? She's, what's her name? Kate? No, Daniel Day Kim. Oh, um, son? Yeah. yeah. Um, Jin Kim. Jin Kim, yeah. Yunjin Kim, yeah. Daniel Day is on Hawaii Five-0. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah, he was. Oh, well, he was. Yeah. And, now uh, he's uh, busy producing the And his doctor? girlfriend... And was not it fighting Star Galactica, yeah. right? No, I don't no, think that uh, he was ever dating Hawaii Grace Five. Park. Oh, yes. But they're both the same and <laughs> on Hawaii Five-0. And it, no, they're just, they're just partners. 
No, just... they were cousins on the show. Oh, they were wow. cousins. Yeah. That's good. All right. You know, because if not, it helps me as a viewer, you know. <laughs> I'm just like, I, they... I need to figure out exactly what their bond is. They look similar. Oh, they're cousins. Of course. That's mm-hmm. what makes them look the same. Yeah. Um, yeah, they're both Korean Hawaiians, apparently, <laughs> yeah. on the show. Like, and then people realize, like, oh, my God, the Hawaii versions of Asians are so much better looking than actual Asians, right? It's uh, like, that's I, I, I feel like California Asians are about the same. Yeah, whatever. American, English-speaking, it's so hot. <laughs> when they're like from here you know so anyway but uh we digress no we gotta we get a we get a great scene between echo and michael where he talks about a um he talks about a confession that he had while he was a priest in london that was actually kind of it was was a good parable yeah yeah i loved it just to set that up michael just asked him hey you're a priest you do you believe in hell and then he goes into this whole story. That's very. That's a very priest thing to do. Like, let me let me have you draw your own conclusions yeah. about heaven and hell. Mm-hmm. Priest hey, style. You have a question. I have a story. <laughs> <laughs> hey, you have a question. I have just. I just have just me. This is me. All of me and my stories about my life. <laughs> but they contain more, right? Technically, that's yeah. the stories. That's why we embed them like that, right? Is because it's just like. There's like, there is truth in there, but it's like, if you try to just, if you try to just turn it into like a sound bite, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be the whole thing, right? right? But the story yeah. contains mm-hmm. yeah. the entire, the, the lesson, right? And this so. story that, that Echo tells is a story of horror. Like it ends, yeah. it ends in horror. And you could see the realization on Michael's face. And this is the realization of someone who has just killed two people. Um, and he's probably having maybe uh, an internal crisis that we're not seeing explained to us in the scene to Echo saying, like, do you believe in hell? Because he's he's pondering himself, you know, he's seeing himself after death. That's, you know, that's that's no, right I think there. I think it's perfect. I think he yeah. answers his question actually very directly with the story, because in the story, the boy uh, kills a dog and he's wondering if this is a crime bad enough to send him to hell. Right. Because. Not because he's afraid of going to hell, but because he's going to have to confront what he's done. And I think that's what Echo is saying hell is. Hell is the place you make when you do bad things. Oh, right? shit. It's like, you're, that's where you're going to live. If you act in this way, you're going to create hell. That's where, and that's where you're going to be, right? It's, it, it is a place, but it's a place of your own making. You know, oh, that's so good. Yeah. I'm so glad you got that. Yeah. But I'm just saying, like, it's, it, that's what I'm saying. I'm like, ooh, that's a fucking good story, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's a preach, preach, Echo. <laughs> Get your priest on, son. Yeah. I, I really enjoyed that story. Mm. Uh, the lead into it uh, was uh, more predictable, less enjoyable, but, uh, you know, it got us to the story. The lead into it was uh, as they were moving the bodies out, the bodies that, you know, Michael created, uh, he just has a long look at the blood on the floor. And it's just like, oh, we're going to get an out damn spot scene. <laughs> right. yeah. But, but you know, instead it was like the, the priest came in, mm-hmm. you know, and almost like t- taking confessions. Like he's like, I'm here to just wash the blood away. Yeah. You yeah. know, I'm here. You know? So, yeah, there's a lot of symbolism there that, yeah. we, could, that we could extract. Definitely. That, you know, if we wanted to. Like, and he yeah. does it. Apparently, way more effectively than Michael was. Yeah, yeah, and we know that this is not the first time that this priest's hand has seen blood. Yeah. Like this guy mm-hmm. has gotten his hands plenty dirty, so he's not—he's none too shy of blood, which is—it's kind of dope. What you know, it's—it's it's fun to look at it going back the way we're going. I like to to see that in in uh, in our character Echo, but it is a 
a heavy story that he leads yeah. that he leans on uh, Mike there. Well, I think I think too. What's kind of interesting is like the whole idea of like forgiveness, right? It's also like once you, I there's there are these moments in life that like you get that sinking feeling in your stomach because you're just like, oh my god, this is one of those moments that like I can't go back. Right? Like, there was my life... Like, I feel like if you ever did something crazy, heinous, like the kind of crime that would wind you up in jail, right, for, like, more than 10 years, I think you would feel that feeling in your stomach when you're, you know, like, I either have to flee from the law or I'm going to go to the pokey for right. 10 years. It doesn't know? even need to be that long. Yeah. I mean, who, yeah, just anything. Just going to print, right? It's just like... But I feel like... I mean, obviously, that's kind of one of those things. It's like, he's like... Once you've murdered people, that's it. There's no, that's point of no return kind of stuff. Yeah. I Unless feel. you're Kate, who suffers no consequences for her murder that she committed. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. No, she doesn't suffer no consequences. <laughs> she doesn't suffer the consequences that are quote unquote supposed to happen. Right. Uh, because she does spend like uh, a significant amount of time on the run. Yeah. And she does suffer the rejection of her mother. That's true. Yeah, and then she, on top of that, she gets and she gets marooned on an island, a magical <laughs> island of bullshit. <laughs> she has to like suffer through for six seasons. I I love the idea, the magical island of bullshit. It's, it's just that's what this show should be fucking subtitled. Lost, the magical oh. island of bullshit. Oh my god. <laughs> so good but i mean and, and that's what i'm saying these these, these it's, like i said especially in the earlier season i'm not trying to knock on the later season but like they really knew knew their stuff you know i mean it's kind of like that's like the theme of uh what is that uh crime and punishment mm-hmm. right it's just like do you can you ever is there such a thing as getting scot-free if you do something terrible like do you ever get away with it, quote unquote, get away with it, right? And it's like, I know we don't see prosecution or jail, but like, I think that's, I think there it is once again. It's just like, you, nobody ever gets away with anything in this show and it's awesome, right? Ever, right? No one, no one gets away with it. (laughs) This this whole show, and that's, I guess that's the, part of the point of the island right because the island makes you confront all of your yeah. shit and then like it just keeps coming back and it doesn't it, these people haven't changed which makes this show such an interesting char- <laughs> character study because like we get we have all their off-island stories and it all comes into play on this island all their insecurities all their yeah you know, all their all their insufficiencies all, all their acceptances and all that stuff yeah. it all comes into play and, and then we see a lot of them make choices for for good and then we see other ones make choices that are in step with whatever they've been doing, you know. Yeah, and, 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 and a lot of times, too, because you see with these characters, like, uh, uh, what is it, Anna Lucia, and who was the other one that died? Libby. Libby, thank you. You know, it's like these characters are like, oh, these 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 were these people were somehow going to save them, you know? Right. Like, oh, I don't, ha- like, these are my redemption. If these better people, you, they're better than me, and they're, they're okay with me, so I guess I'm better, and then they die, right? So it's like, <laughs> I kind of I like that. It's like... No, you don't get to do that. Yeah. yeah like, it, everybody has to face down whatever they're going to face down. You yeah, know? so they all have to have that moment where they have to make a decision, you know, or, or this show, you know, there's there's a lot of minor choices being made, and there's some, like, seemingly small choices that kind of are really big deals that happen on the show, too. Yeah. We kind of see that tonight in Charlie throwing those statuettes into the ocean. Yeah, that was that was kind of nice to see. Um have we discussed what's what uh, the I significance? No, because we've seen it in the in the the fifties or, or something. Like there's a 
think the plane comes crashing through time and then Locke gets yeah. a hold of yeah, one of the We statues. see them a little bit in that Echo episode that we saw. Mm-hmm. I see. What, do you, what is your take on the statues? Yeah, what do you know about the statues, Chad? Oh, uh, that's it. Exactly okay. what you guys oh. just said. Oh, wow. That's yeah. all. So, those, so you haven't... They right. are statues of the Virgin Mary. Mary <laughs> and Echo's plane. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, but they it's like they contain... Like what's in, what's in, <laughs> right? But what do they contain? Right? Well, that that's the thing that I haven't seen yet, apparently. Yeah. So, Chad, what was your take on that scene where? Oh, I see. Charlie was throwing <laughs> all sorry, those Virgin Mary statues into the sorry. ocean. I'm sorry. You're good. And they, they were playing the, the the music, and Locke was watching him and gave him a thumb. He didn't give him a thumbs up. But he, he gave him that look that was yeah, basically a thumbs up. up. Yeah. Uh, that uh, you know, Charlie was going towards a good place. Right. And then uh, he was, like, going towards the good place with Echo. Not, like, the literal good place. Mm. Although, maybe. The TV show. Depen- depends on be, how long. Yeah, I mean, Dominic Monaghan is going to be a guest on the next <laughs> season of the good, the good Place. Yep. Uh, but anyway, so uh, he was, like, bettering himself. He was working with Echo. He's going to build uh, uh, He's going to build the, the church. Yeah. And then Echo's just like, nah, I got other things that I want to do. Charlie's just like, fuck it, fuck everything, fuck God. <laughs> and uh, Locke, uh, who also has a similar, or has just had mm. a similar crisis of faith, is just like, yeah, right on, man, fuck God. Yeah, <laughs> those Virgin Mary statues in the ocean. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Nice. That's the way I saw it, right. symbolically. Yeah. Mm. I didn't know that they were full of heroin. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> We, we get first reveals when we have you on the show. I can't. It's just so hard to figure that out. It's just like... I the know, timeline yeah. of Lost is already confusing. I'm and a we're doing it backwards. Traveler. I know. And I just... I don't always think, like, how do I know what I know? You know what I mean? Is it something that you You know, it's like... I, I, like, I know it's clearly what's happened before, but yeah, little things like that, I realize. But it's... It is... It does... You know what? It, yeah, I see how it changes the scene for you, mm-hmm. right? Okay, I have a question yeah. for everybody here at the table. Is Michael the inverse Juliet? Okay. Is Michael, mean yeah. meaning like it, Michael is, he's been inserted into uh, or embedded into his old people as a betrayer. Isn't Juliet a betrayer of her people? Because she decides to band up with the Losties and she forsakes her thing with uh, Ben by not marking mm-hmm. the pregnant women and, and actually siding with Jack and the Losties. So mm-hmm. why the, why did she do that? It was for her to get off the island. So that would make her and Michael actually not inverse, maybe uh, well, the same line? I don't know. Well, yeah, it, it, it depends on the way that you look at it. If you're looking at it as like both of them had the same end goal in mind that, you know, they just wanted to get off the island then, uh, yeah, it actually makes it more similar than anything else. The other way that uh, you could look at it is, like, what is the motivations for them doing that? Like, for Juliet, I think that uh, it was hope that uh, by working with the Losties, she could achieve this thing that she was never able to do with the others. Whereas I kind of feel like I don't... I haven't spent a ton of time with Michael on the show, but it seems to me like he's a dude that is generally driven by fear and guilt. Yeah. Like, especially, like, when they're talking about how he wasn't around uh, for, uh, for Walt. And I think that, you know, that is, like, uh, you know, what's the chick's name again? Miss Clue? Yeah, Miss Clue. It sounds like Cleo, but different. (laughs) Anyway. (laughs) She was, there was a deleted scene in this where she says, 
Call me now. But she does it in a thick Jamaican accent. I'm sorry, Chad. I derailed your point. Please, please. Anyway, uh, so, uh, you know, Clue, Clue drops epic burn on him that, uh, you know, it's like for someone who uh, doesn't really know much about his kid, you sure seem eager to get him back, uh, which I re- I phrased wrong. She did it the other way around. Mm. The way that I just phrased it is the reason why he's so eager to get his kid, I think, right. is because he didn't experience growing up with the kid. So it's not that he's driven by this, uh, you know, like the familial love that he's just like, oh, that's why I have to save my son. Mm-hmm. He's like, I have to save my son because I was such a fucking shit dad. Right. That is such a that is such a good read. I love that. That's I'm glad that you saw that. I didn't catch that in the scene. But that, that that's makes the so way much, it looks to me. Right. Makes so much more sense if you read mm-hmm. it that way because this is a man unhinged. He's like he's trying to get his kid back, and um, we know he doesn't know much about him. And I, I I guess we're learning that information tonight. He doesn't know much about his son. And we know that Michael is a tragic character because we've seen everything that's happened with them after the fact. Mm-hmm. We know that him and, and Walt get off the island. We know that they make it back to civilization. And he still doesn't raise his son. Mm-hmm. He leaves him with his grandmother to, to raise and goes back to the island and um, all this other stuff. But um, also, you know, so he does this stuff seemingly for his son. But it's just mostly motivated by fear and guilt. And, uh, and then he gets he gets back to civilization and doesn't pursue that relationship with his son and doesn't build that up or doesn't get to know his son but leaves him with the grandmother and then and, it's, and that's another guilt motivator i think it's yeah. because of what he had to do to get his son yeah, yeah. that he's just like well now i can't be a good dad because yeah. i'm a fucking murderer yeah uh, and, twice and, over and the grandmother says that walt wakes up screaming in the middle of the night like remembering what happened and i think also knowing what michael did i think he can feel it with his special he can feel powers. it there's oh, also yeah, that's right. there's, yeah, you're right. He probably can feel it with whatever powers that are left unexplained. There's also there's a line of dialogue somewhere in this series. I remember hearing where he says, uh, where somebody tells Michael, "You told him, like you told Walt, no, so he, right. yeah. like he couldn't live with the guilt." So he told his son about the murders. And oh, when they were on the boat, probably. When, yeah, yeah, yeah. When he had a moment to like breathe because they, you know, they're away from all this craziness, and so now he he can kind of just like take in and maybe process what he did, but. Processing, processing that kind of stuff alone on a boat with your son, like, I mean, it, it'll take a stronger person than what we saw of Michael to, to hold on to that stuff, and he doesn't. It, you know it damages the son, I, I would say. You know what, I, you say damages the son, but sometimes I would say, like, you know, I think people, they're, they're smart, right? I, you know, and his, his, you know, Walt seems smart to me, yeah. and I, I think, like, yeah, it would be messed up, right? But also, you know, you'd be like, well, this is what dad had to do to get us off that rock. And look, here we are. And I don't see anybody else yet. You know what I mean? And it's just like, (laughs) um, so I think, you know, part of it would just be like, I think you would realize, yeah, there are terrible things out there. But also, you heard it here first, folks. Anthony Negrelli is the ends justifies the means (laughs) type of guy. (laughs) uh, One once again, it's not necessarily just about the ends, though, uh, because I, I'm guessing that we don't get to see that conversation unless it happened while I was asleep during an episode. Mm. Uh, so we don't know how Michael told Walt that he had to kill two people to right. get uh, right. and betray all of his friends to get uh, Walt back. So the thing is, oh, that's if, right. Depending he on he doesn't know that everybody that he brought the docks weren't just immediately executed after he left yeah so so the thing is he's making that confession probably driven with guilt right 
So he doesn't frame it to Walt in a way where it's just like, look, I had to get you out. I had to make some hard choices. Instead, he's just like, I'm a horrible human being. Mm-hmm. Look at all of these things that I did. Like, a, like just, just like putting him, on, putting it on him, right. rather than just like, ex- yeah, kind of, yeah. I see what you mean. But also, you know, I it's like I said, everybody in this in this show is like traumatized by their parents. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I'd like to just see a character who's like, you know what, man, my dad was a meanie, and he came <laughs> from an, a time, and you know, he worked a lot, and if I worked fourteen hours a day, I would be super grouchy, and you know, to be honest, like mom, somebody that can empathize with their parents. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's just it's just like you know what I did, and you know, I'm gonna be honest, I didn't see it when I was sixteen, but later on when I was twenty eight, and I had this conversation with my dad, I realized I'm like, you're not a bad dude. You're just like me if things were harder. <laughs> you know? Maybe a uh, dentist guy is like that. Yeah. Maybe he's well adjusted. <laughs> yeah, like he came, yeah, from a, came from a nice set of parents and then went into uh, dentistry. Yeah, but everybody else is like, you know, like their their parents are trying to kill him or put him in jail or beat him. <laughs> so it's like, but even then, it, it just. Constantly running scams. Yeah. You know? yeah. But I, I, I feel like, but why that's such a universal story is because. You know, there are a lot of people who maybe they won't relate to one kind of crazy parent, but they're like, oh, yeah, but my, yeah, my, my mom or my dad did that, you know. Even, and, even you people know. that grow up and understand where their parents are coming from, mm-hmm. like, they can still remember a time where they didn't. Right. Yes, right. So it, it's a universal thing. Like, I don't think anyone's ever, like, their entire life have just been like, yes, everything that my parents do makes sense and uh, everything's justified here. Yeah. Everything's 100% fair. And, like, people are imperfect just in general. Like, just going about daily life, and parents are no different. Like, they fuck up just like everybody. Yeah. So, like, uh, you know, like, having parents... like I can imagine, especially, like, maybe even our parents, like, get getting raised up in the uh, 80s and 90s, there's still a lot of shit that people didn't know. So they're just like, <laughs> I don't know, put talcum powder on the baby if it has a rash. I think that's good. And Smoking during pregnancy is fine. Right? <laughs> right. I'm just saying... It's like, I just, it's, it's funny though. It's like, I, I worry so much about like, uh, about traumatizing sometimes that I think like, once again, I underestimate like how just tough kids are. Cause sometimes mm-hmm. I see like some parents and they let it rip on their kids, man. Yeah. <laughs> and, like all the guilt, all the anger. And I'm just like, Whoa, but you know, their but their brains are processing this. It's, you know, they're like, well, I got to learn how to deal with this. Otherwise life's going to be hard. Cause this is the person that feeds me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Or sometimes it breaks them. Yeah. That's true too, and 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 it's and, and you'd never know which one <laughs> it's going to be until they're broken. Yeah. Right. It's just that's what I'm saying. Like people were, I think it would still came from that mentality where back in the day, how much of life do you think just handled? You know how we got we get all uppity if someone dies on like a playset somewhere, like they fell into the ball pit and died. You know they got tri- you know that, and then they'll take away the ball pit, right? But there was a while where like. Being a child was like, the, that was the most dangerous part of your life. If you yeah. made it through your adolescence. Yeah, like essentially prob- everybody was just like those little yeah. those little turtles making it out to sea in their, in their childhood. <laughs> right? It was like, I hope I don't get scooped up by like a seagull or anything or whatever. Yeah, that's exactly how I think about it. <laughs> like, and, We're all little turtles. You know, and, and, and that's the thing. It's like we, on the one hand, we did miss out, but the psychos that made it, you know, some of them had to make it in some really extreme ways to the ocean. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's like I had to give up a couple of fins. You know, but like, or it's but, like, oh, I had to flip my brother over. Yeah, exactly. It's like now I have to swim upside down. You know what I mean? It's just how it works for me. <laughs> but like, there's there's people, and, and it's like, 
we just looked at that and we're like, character. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know? Like, because it took something for a person to make it through such hard stuff, you know? And sometimes that's why I get mad, like, when... Um, like, uh, I have like, cause I have like a stepson, right? He's 13 mm. and he's, and we live like not even a quarter mile from the school. And he's like, I don't want to walk. To, <laughs> can you drive me to school today? You know, it's just, I think like I need to put some hardship in his life cause he's not going to get the pox. You right. know what I mean? He's not going to have to work in a factory <laughs> till he goes blind. You know what I mean? I need to at least make him walk to school, even if it's raining. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's just like, cause I got to give him a story that he could tell his you know, friends or something like, yeah, man, I had to walk and use an umbrella. Because oh, you know? that's about, that's the limit of struggle, you know, and that and we, that and we had to eat enchiladas twice that week. And it's like, oh, there's not enough diversity on my menu. Is this paleo? It's like, oh my God, you're fucking walking every goddamn day for the rest of your life if I can help it. I remember uh, Shay, your girlfriend, uh, tweeting once that Jordan complained that there was too much cheese in one of his grilled cheese sandwiches that she made. Right. I'm just like, God fucking yeah. damn it. No, I this, hate children. This was, this was, I mean, I'm, I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to crap on him on the world wide web, but he's, he's so funny because this was back when he was like 10 or 11, but I remember once he flew over from Kauai to visit his grandparents. He got back to Oahu and he had some clothes he hadn't folded. And I'm like, Hey man, you need to fold your clothes. He's like, I don't think I can handle it. I'm a, I'm so jet lagged from the trip. <laughs> and I'm like, wow, that's ballsy. You know what I mean? It's just like, was that hard changing time zone from Kauai to Oahu? Are you adjusting there, pal? Twenty-seven minute flight. It's like, oh, I don't. You know, and just the way he said it, it's like, I just, I don't, I, I don't know. Maybe it's the jet lag. <laughs> I'm just like, you are selling it. I, I almost appreciate the hard hey, putting it's, into it's this. It's a different time nowadays, I think, for for young people. I, I, it feels like they have that but they also have like so much more to deal with um or so much more to go through like especially with the presence of being born into the internet age like there's just it's always i mean unless you like unless you're like you know you're cool and you regulate all that stuff for your kids but some people are like their parents are just gone and like out working or whatever and they're just the kids are just left to their own devices and it's crazy it's literally their own yeah devices. their own devices. Yeah, mobile devices i think of how happy our parents were once a TV got in front of us and they didn't have to pay attention to us for a little bit, right? And it's like, that is so tempting because now it's just like, boom, everywhere you go, I don't have to pay attention to you. You know, because there are times where, like, if you're sitting in a car, like, that's what I think is kind of interesting is, like, uh, all these people, not to bring it back to Moss, but, like, it's funny because they are in that time, right? They're, they're like, there's no, like, technology, nothing, and it's just... No phone, no lights, no motor car. Yeah, you know, and it's... Um, not a single luxury. Right, mm -hmm. and it's, it's, it's just interesting to think, like, uh, like, what you would do if you no longer, like, just occupied your time with nothing but, like, just distractions. Yeah. You know, it's like, that's kind of what it is. It's just, like, those people, like... I watch these shows like Lost sometimes and there's a primal part of me that the part I get into is like, I don't have to think about uh, going to work or paying my insurance or doing responsible right. things. It's just like... I All just, you have to do is survive. survive right, right. You know? <laughs> and that's like, doesn't that appeal to you on yeah. some regard? It's just like, oh. No. No. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I love? Creature comforts. <laughs> It's just like uh, like all yeah. all of the day-to-day uh, -to -day, uh, quote unquote hardships that we have to go through the grind that uh, makes like uh, 
I don't want to say it makes life tough for people, mm. but it's like the thing that wears people down. Mm-hmm. Like for me, that that's just like moving spaces on the game board, getting towards goals. Mm. Like it's just like oh yeah, you know, it's like maybe maybe work sucked today, but I'm that much closer to buying this thing that I want. I'm that much closer to saving up to, uh, you know, like maybe get air conditioning one day <laughs> yeah. or something like that, you know? No, I mean, you can you can have those things, right? Mm-hmm. But I think one of the things that's good about being, uh, who's the guy he plays football, red, white, and blue team? On uh, the, uh, Tom Brady? <laughs> thank you. Chad Wago knew exactly what I was talking about. Tom Brady, right? I kind of think that like, one of the exhilarating parts about him is he's not like what Tom Brady do today. It's like Tom Brady try to win Super Bowl again. You know, it's like, and I think that gives a person vitality. It really does, you know. And I think that that's what these people have, even though they don't have creature comforts, is like they have the vitality of 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 purpose. You mm-hmm. know, it's like <laughs> like no one. Yeah. And I think and and. You see that embodied, I think, a lot in Locke. Yeah. Right? Locke is one of the people that most out of everyone is, like, driven towards a purpose. Like, uh, apparently he's fucked up whatever it was his purpose several times (laughs) trying to figure it out. But he's just, like, I'm barreling towards it. Yeah. Full speed ahead. Because we see what happens to the the other, like, A-15 survivors on the beach that don't have a purpose. They're, They're Nikki and Paolo. Just sitting around on the beach and just sucking all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, right. You know, and that that bringing up Nikki and Paolo kind of made me a little like sad for tonight's episode because we see this is like season two. They have like a shit ton of extras in the background yeah. doing these scenes. And like in future seasons, it's just like I know people are getting blown up and shot at <laughs> with arrows and shit. But like, um, it just seems like there's such a full group of people on this island. They're all like helping each other yeah. in the background. You can see like life going on behind these these scenes and stuff like that but uh, i think that was a writer's experiment to try and like write in some people and then people just weren't having it and probably because they 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 should have done a better job like you know like tell a different story they told nikki and paulo's story and it was god awful (laughs) it's it's, well if it was an i'm I'm sorry uh if it was an experiment that they were just like writing in nikki and paulo uh the writing of the story that was the shitty story uh, that they had, it was because they had already given up on the experiment when they wrote that yeah. episode. Huh. Unless the entire goal of the experiment <laughs> was to write shitty characters with a shitty story. It was so bizarre. Like, it was so bizarrely shitty. There was like a murder plot and a diamond involved. Yeah. The and... flushing toilet. Oh, you know what? Okay, I know something you have seen. Uh-huh. Okay, so uh, you've seen Ben, future Ben. Yeah. Right? And the dethroning and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff, right? And I think it's an interesting thing you mentioned purpose, right? Because I think that is central to like yeah. not only like what makes story characters important, but even people on the island. Mm-hmm. It's just, oh, it's funny how if you're not useful anymore, <laughs> it's like that is your thing. That's why he's just like I, I you see it early in like he makes himself very useful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? He's not like going to sit back and like, be, and you see what happens. Cause I think once again, you see in the future, what happens when people are no longer useful. Mm-hmm. It, they just funny enough, they seem to kind of drop out, you know? And, um, yeah, sorry. That's, I just, I just think so. Like purpose really does have a purpose yeah. <laughs> and it should, and it should, you, you know, it, it, it gives vitality to your character and like once it's done, 
it's just like in the in your life. Yeah, I don't yeah. know. People, it's yeah. like what happens to people when their spouses die, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. They're just like, oh, I don't want to live anymore, and they it's like they just stop living. Well, that's what most dudes do. Yeah. Most women uh, tend to like you know just be like, well, at least I still have my friends. Uh, <laughs> but like, uh, and this is like you know for generations, so many guys like once they get married, it's just like. Yeah, no, like, all of that other shit in my life, it's just like, I got my wife. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I just got to take care of her and do my thing. Yeah. And then, uh, when she's gone, it's just like, what the fuck am I going to do now? <laughs> and then they just end up dying. Yeah. I think it's, you know how you mentioned the religion thing, mm-hmm. right? Uh, they have a little, kind of, their, they start to form their own island thing with the hatch, right? Mm-hmm. You see that, and you kind of see where that all goes, right? But I think what's interesting is, like, because you've already seen, like, the future... You're like, you're realizing like, oh, there's stuff beyond this, mm-hmm. right? And that's the stuff you've already seen. But I think what's interesting is now you're coming back to a time where they're like, they couldn't see beyond the hatch yet. Yeah. <laughs> the <laughs> like the hat, scope of the show gets smaller and smaller as time goes by. Yes, mm-hmm. yes. And that's what I think is kind of interesting mm-hmm. from your point of view is like, I just thought about that, how it's like, you know, and I mean, it. The very last season, yeah, uh, the scope was more uh, uh, philosophical yeah. than it was actual on the show. Because right. uh, the scope was the world, basically. <laughs> but, because, uh, well, actually, no, this, yeah, it, it did actually shrink because we're dealing with two different realities in the seventh <laughs> season. And in the sixth season... We're dealing with only a single reality, even though it was happening at multiple points in time. Correct. And then uh, the fifth season, it goes back to, uh, you know, just a single point in time. But you're, time period, you've yeah. encompassed yep. both islands yep. <laughs> and things that are going on right. off island. And so it's travel. the world. Yeah. Uh, and then it shrinks back down to just the two islands. Yeah. Uh, now it's shrunken down to where we don't know about Hydra Island at this yeah. point. It's just the main lost island. Right. And then by the time the next one comes out, uh, by the time we get to season one, I'm assuming that it's just going to be the beach. Mm. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, because right now it's... Also the cave with the bone zone. Beach. Oh, yeah. Forest. Mm-hmm. Beach versus forest. And then it's like, yeah, and then there's whole other parts. Of the uh, Yeah, exactly. And it's just, I, I, lo- I love that. I love that effect. I think that's something that like, I was thinking about, oh, like, what are the things that kind of are neat? But like, yeah, you're watching things shrink down. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, What's kind of interesting is I think you have an idea of where it's going to go, you know, so that's kind of fun. And I'm like thinking about it, too. And I'm like, oh, when you see the first scene of the, of the series, mm-hmm. like that's going to make a lot of sense. Oh, because it's going to shrink down to the point of Jack's eye. <laughs> <laughs> what, it, it'd, be, it'd be crazier if it was like something smaller. Yeah. And we've touched on this on the show, too. And the show uh, showrunners at the time said that it, the show did end up becoming circular or where seasons were folding in on each other or events yeah. were happening in yeah. season one that mirrors season six right. season two for season five and all that other stuff so i'm happy that we're going backwards because we could we could see the bones of it coming from the season that we we're coming from yeah. now we can kind of see it arcing up mm-hmm. on, on this end you guys talk about like uh it's a so-and-so episode mm-hmm. did you, like i found that to be extremely true in season one you know, and then season two as well because of the other things that happened right. in season two at the start, right? So, like, but did you find that to be true in, say, like, season five and season six? It I didn't like, even really notice it until five. 
Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. See, that's what I was kind of wondering. I was like, like uh, I think that it was still true in the, mm-hmm. the later stuff, uh-huh. but yeah, because I think in the Flash Sideways ones, you're you'll we were following one character in the sideways reality for whatever that episode was, mm-hmm. but we we're also learning about that sideways reality. Yeah, kind mm-hmm. of thing. So it wasn't just focused on them well, as meant- much as a regular flashback. Yeah. Well, you mentioned the sideways reality. It's like. Because, obviously, what's kind of neat about all of these situations is that, like, there's Ben's perspective, Mm -hmm. there's, uh, you know, uh, Michael's perspective, there's, like, every, uh, Locke's perspective, all all these characters that were around the incident, right? Right. And uh, you're right, that is something that you see, but you're right, even if the episode is talking about something that involves multiple characters, you are seeing, like, oh, yeah, I wonder what Saeed was doing for you know Ben that whole yeah. time, like tell, take me on a take me on a Saeed mission. What's a typical Saeed day look like? And then there would be like, oh, what's Hurley doing in the hospital today? You know. Mm-hmm. And so I see what you mean. Yeah, I, I didn't think about later seasons in that way, but I definitely thought that way about earlier seasons. Was I'm like, nope, this is where we're learning about Homeboy or whatever. Yeah. You know. Yeah. After a certain point, they don't do flashbacks to develop their backstory anymore. Now it's the what's going on around them. What are they affecting? Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that was, that was really enjoyable. But like, oh yeah. So Echo's still in this. Wow. You're yeah. You're at a great point. Yeah. It's fun, right? I mean, I, I love it. I love all the Echo stuff. It always always gets me. And I, I like we were talking about earlier. I like that that Echo Michael scene. But I wrote down in my notes here. Harold Perrineau, the guy who plays Michael on the show, not good at acting. <laughs> like, I had such a problem with his acting. I don't know if you guys felt the same, but like... What kind of problem did you have with his acting? <laughs> he just... All he had was just... Was that? Was, was what that, I just did? Which just what you just did. He was so over the top, but like, yeah. not in a good way. Like, dude, give me some Nicolas Cage if you're going to go all off with it, son. <laughs> what, what are we doing here? Let's get ridiculous. Yeah, yeah it felt like... um. In the hands, you know, and, you know, props out to, to Harold Perrineau for doing his thing. But, like, come on, man. Like, if, if they put this material in the hands of a little more capable actor, I felt like it would have came across screen a little bit better. Mm. Where it's not just yelling at all these people, I have a right. I have a right as a father. This is a father's right. Yeah. Also, whatever is my son. Yeah, who, what's going on? Who are you people? It's just him basically yelling at folks and then feeling guilty and and we see those are the modes that that Harold Perrineau goes into but I feel like with the different actor we could have had a little bit more maybe play that scene quiet when like yeah. they're, they got your son you know well I'm thinking like it's kind of you could have had it like been like not like an Ocean's Eleven episode but just one guy and like each person he's got to convince he's got to use a different con <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know but like you're right he kind of one noted it the whole time yeah, with right? each person you know and like uh, any time Things weren't going his way. Uh, his de- default response was, I'm going to raise my voice. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to raise my fo- voice and declare that I have created a human being with my s- regular sperm. Oh, dude. I know what exactly would happen. Oh, here's the problem. He was a victim of his own success. This happens with dudes all the time when it comes to hitting on women, right? They, they do this one trick that works the one time, and they're like, oh, man, that got me laid one time. <laughs> and then they do it every single time. You know? Because, because like, he yelled at Jack, and Jack was like, yeah, okay. <laughs> He's just like, all I got to do is just yell at everyone yeah. else. Exa- exactly. He's just like, it worked. It got me laid the first time. You know what I mean? <laughs> he yells and, at Saeed. And the one, the one time that he tries a different technique uh, where he's like, let's try and guilt Hurley into doing yeah, this. Right. Like, let's try and uh, let's try and do a different kind of motivation. Kate's just like, no, 
No. <laughs> I'm so, stop that. I'm so happy that, that she was there in that scene. Um, you know, I, yeah, that was that was great. I, yeah. I love that we got that out of Kate. Because, like, yeah, and then also, too, that should have put her feelers up. She's, like, master manipulator also on the show. Like, oh, yeah. You know, queen of the escape room. I don't know what her deal is, but Jesus Christ, she could have... All these con men on the island, they can't tell another con from, like, you know... Well, see, that's... Yeah. I think that kind of... You know, you mentioned earlier, like, why didn't he just go to his friends? It's like, uh, because they're all liars. <laughs> like, <laughs> they're all con men. It's like, it's like mm-hmm. a bummer. It's just like, oh, I kind of I kind of feel like these aren't the people you just come out with that kind of stuff, you know? He just goes, yeah, we're cool, but... Yeah. Yeah, also, also like, uh, th- that's another thing about the friends thing. It's just like, I mean... Anthony and I have been friends since we're 15 years old. <laughs> if Anthony told me, like, hey, I'm going to need you to risk your life for someone I love, I'd be like, oh, man, I don't want to fucking do this. But I'd go along with it. Wow. Wow. Now, if, uh, you know, let, let's say uh, some, someone that I met, like, uh, last year asked me to do that, mm. I am much more disinclined to be like, you know, I empathize with what's going on with you and I'm sorry but I want to live <laughs> and that, that's the thing it's like even though they've bonded through like the shared trauma of what's been happening to them right. like he can't trust that these people are going to be willing to lay their lives on the line to try and get his kid yeah yeah, that's yeah, true he spends most of his time on the show acting on his like acting on impulse and then just kind of acting alone like he is always kind of doing his own thing uh, apart from the group from what we've seen of him so I mean far. the clicks te- the clicks in this show tend to break into camps of common interest or not interest but common goals mm-hmm. right that's what happens you notice like these allegiances are you kind of talked about earlier mm-hmm. kind of fluid here but that's the thing it's like uh, if we can align you with our goals then you're going to be on our team sort of and it's like oh, I guess so you are aligned with my goals and I'm, these other people don't seem to be aligned with my goals <laughs> you know so I, I can see what you mean it's like you can sort of play with people based on their motivations not mm-hmm. so much like it's, it's not going to be like a America versus this people thing it's just like yeah, it's almost like everybody kind of wants to be on the winning team, <laughs> so, right? Because and, and once again, everyone just wants to live. Yeah, a forest versus is is that in season three? What forest versus uh, beach? No, no. Are you talking about the temple? Because uh, yeah, season three is they is when they are you see where the the others live, like oh, okay, the Dharma okay. village and stuff. So okay, yeah, it's Camp Erdman versus the beach. Camp yeah. Erdman. Yeah, that's exactly what I thought. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, but. Um, I don't know. People are. That's what they do. They break. They break into camps based on like I like what this guy is saying. He's really good at talking, and it's yeah. like I don't trust that feller. Mm-hmm. I'm gonna join that other guy. And even, even <laughs> like without like actually seeing the dividing lines, you see certain people that are just doing certain kinds of things all the time. Right. Every time that uh, I've been watching the show, I don't know if it was different in the first season and a half, mm-hmm. but since I've been watching, every time they go and. Uh, they're like, oh, we're gonna have Sun and Jin be part of this ongoing storyline. Yeah. What are they doing? They're f- fixing things, trying to get food. They're just being helpful ass people. Yeah. Right. They really are. Yeah, because that's that was the whole thing with them. <laughs> they're just being helpful and trying to figure out their marriage. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good thing. They had focus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know? they yeah. Had, so that's the thing about that. Them, that's you know? that's what was great about them versus the love quadrangle. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I love that. Yeah. But you know what? It's funny too. It's like even though people were like gangsters, it's like 
young persons trying to make their family happy, but also being in love. And it's like, you know, that's, mm -hmm. that's great. I like, you know, it's nice seeing all that. <laughs> all right, well, it's time to start wrapping up. Oh, so, uh, one yeah. last thing that I wanted to talk about before we uh, get into Easter eggs and all mm -hmm. that stuff. Oh. Uh, the scene at the end where they have the funeral for Libby and Anna Lucia, that makes Hurley even more of a tragic figure to me. Mm. Because it's like, yeah, you know, it's really sad that this person that he invested all this emotion into died. But later on, he gets the power to talk to dead people. Uh, yeah. And we see him at the grave site where everyone's buried. Mm. And you would think like, oh, this is his chance to have like one last moment with this woman that he's invested all this emotion into. And instead, he just hangs out with Michael. Like, did he go there specifically with the idea, if I'm talking to dead people, maybe I can talk to Libby one last time. Uh, and no, it's fucking Michael, the, gun, the dude that killed her. Right. Yeah, that is yeah. right. Man. That's a nice, that's a good point. That's a good catch, too. Yeah. Well, I think I, I kind of plays, yeah, it makes him more tragic and also makes him more uh, of kind of a, a good person in the way that he, talking to Michael, who's got all this guilt about what he did, like, needs somebody to... Uh, to confess to, mm -hmm. I, I really, I, I really would be in the tank for like a, a lost spinoff where we get to see the uh, the, the Hurley years when right. he was like God of the Island because mm -hmm. <laughs> apparently he does a good job. We know we know enough about that from uh, from Linus in in the Sideways reality, but mm -hmm. but like uh, but yeah, he's just an overall good dude, and like uh, maybe that's what the island needed was just better leadership. Maybe Jacob was just a fuck fast. Yeah, I was gonna say fuck ass, and it came out weird. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck ass, fuck face, <laughs> fuck fast. He's a fuck fast guys. What do you think that tendency is to have it be that kind of thing where? Um, the person that killed the person you love is standing there convincing you to come and help them to do that by killing that. You know what I mean? What, what, what is that thing that happens? Like, why do you think things happen that way? Um, writers? <laughs> really? That's it. Uh, I don't know. It's like... You've never had it happen to you in real life? Yeah. No, no. <laughs> Not, nothing that poetic, huh? No. <laughs> I don't know. I, I just... I, 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 can't, I can't think of a mundane version of that, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> is, is there an example from your life that you can pull? I mean, it's just... I, I just feel like things are like that. It's like, uh, I'm gonna... You know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna save money and I'm gonna go over here and do that. And then, like, while you're driving to that place to get the water, which you feel like you're being good about because you're saving money and you're being healthy, like you get into some kind of accident at that place, right? And then mm -hmm. you're just like, great. Like, if I had just, like, <laughs> gone to the normal 7-Eleven I'd gone to, I wouldn't be in this situation. And I was trying to do good, and going to the place to do good, I ended up getting into more trouble. <laughs> like, <laughs> No, that very rarely happens. <laughs> uh, it, it's, when I, it's when I fuck stuff up mm. that everything starts going wrong. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm just saying, like, I, things things are funny though. It's like that's why, like I said, you can't can't underestimate the connections between things. Like it, you you'd be surprised. Like you think this person has no connection to you, and mm -hmm. then all of a sudden you're just like, man, I shouldn't, I shouldn't. Why did I have to order my Jamba Juice so aggressively? Yeah. You know what I mean? Now my hairstylist is fucking up my head. <laughs> you know what I mean? yeah. It's like you don't know, you don't know. <laughs> it's like, sorry. Yeah. Um, oh yeah, yeah, this this episode has connections to other episodes. Like uh, after. Michael and uh, Echo, they have their talk about hell, and Michael feels real guilty, he runs outside and vomits, which makes it the second episode in a row where someone throws up. Oh. Yeah. Oh, um, yeah, that's right. Yeah. 
Oh, the first episode on two. Yeah, I guess so. Going in chronological order. <laughs> um, when Michael is uh, shouting at Jack, he says, You got a son, Jack? And we see Jack clearly hesitate. Because and then he lie does not. To Michael's face <laughs> and say, No, I do not. Uh, see, that I didn't catch, actually. This, 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 is, this, is, a, to me. this is a podcast in joke. Okay. <clears throat> the, the son of Jack's from the Sideways Reality. Yes. Uh, David insists that he's real. Chad and I insist that yeah. David does not everyone, exist everyone outside of the in sideways. The sideways reality is a person in the regular reality. We don't know that. Everyone that we encounter in the in the show, yeah, is. just about, yeah. yeah, except for David, Jack's son. So he must have been a child in Jack's life who's meant a lot to him. Probably his son. Yeah. My, my whole him. thing from, is from the wheelchair that, lady, yeah. Or not the wheelchair, the spine surgery, Juliet, lady, right? It was supposed to. It yeah. was explained that it was Juliet and his baby in the sideways. Yeah. Reality. Oh, yeah. Okay. So it's possible that they had a child off island before they came to the island. I don't know how it works, but what? my my whole thing about it. <laughs> oh, is, super sperm! Is, is that Juliet his sister? No, that's no, Claire. no, that's oh, Claire. Claire. Sorry, yeah. Claire. Claire. Sorry. Uh, my whole thing about it is that David is a construct that's created. By this, like, almost heaven reality, because that's what Jack needed in that reality. He needed something to take care of, because he was always taking care of things. He, it could have been Vincent the dog. <laughs> it could have been. Did You're Vincent right. ever show up in the sideways reality? He did not, no. Okay. Because he went straight to heaven. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe Vincent never existed. Nah. Oh, my God. No, they say that's how you erase the... It's kind of like... That sort of thing is like, how do you er erase the sins of your father is you have to be a good father, mm -hmm. yeah. right? It's like, that's how you break the cycle, right? So I could see that. I could, but I do, I can see why you'd also think it's, an, it could be an actual person too, but I can definitely see yeah. the purpose of mm -hmm. the son being in there because, yeah. Yeah, I think the son was a purpose, not, not a person. Yeah. Interesting. Well, it's just everyone else's sideways reality experience they just had another character serve whatever that purpose was yeah, yeah and he's yeah. the only person that gets up made up that is you keep on coming thing. up with these good points i'm gonna i'm gonna forward something <laughs> i'll forward that maybe jack died on island right. mm -hmm. somehow he died somehow someone got a hold of his super on island sperm <laughs> mm -hmm. transferred it back to the mainland where juliet right. and the others had were at and then Juliet being a fertility doctor, <laughs> I want to have this great man's baby who's a good island, on-island leader, which he wasn't, right. but like she has this romantic idea of him since he's dead, and then she has a baby. Oh, and you know later. what I just thought of? This is, a, this is maybe one that might help your case, right. is that perhaps we didn't see him in mm -hmm. the beginning, but like... Think about how old he was and everything like that. Uh, like it could be very well his child that was, he never knew. Yeah, exactly, yeah. was just yeah. somewhere in the world. You know right. what I mean? That and, that was David's first uh, yeah. instinct yeah. Oh, for okay. explanation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! I just just give me a lost spinoff where like we get a whole thing of Hurley ruling the island. At the end, he just hands the keys over to Vincent and goes like, "I'm gonna go meet up with my friends now." So we gotta go and shoot off into space in some super soul cluster. So. Peace out, Vincent. That's beautiful. Wow, that's that's but that's <laughs> yeah. neat though. Like the the connections. Were there others? Um, Judy Chamness, our favorite extras in this episode, and my favorite rapper, MC Gainey. That's all I got. <laughs> how do you, how do you, how did, did you, when did you guys find that information? Oh, David found it. Um, but we we've been actually um, there's an extra that we're familiar with that's been on the show a bunch of times nice. that we've been tracking. Yeah. It's a it's a recurring theme on the show that comes up every so often. And mm -hmm. when you see that person listed, are they always named the same person in the credits? 
I don't. I don't think, think that she's list. ever credited. Yeah, I don't think they credit extras. It doesn't work like that for yeah. television shows. If right. you're just in the background as a survivor, they don't yeah. give you a name or something. Even though you show up in multiple episodes. Right. Yeah, not unless you have like speaking role. Yeah, but on, <laughs> on the Lostopedia, like that group of extras from like I guess probably the first season or whatever, they're called like the original thirty-three or something. Nice. Yeah. Oh, okay. And and some people have fans have gone out of pointing out which ones are which, yeah. and they're like, yeah, look, this specific person shows up in this episode. This, this, this. Wow, that's fun. That's actually kind of dope. Yeah. yeah. Um, something else that um, I didn't feel belonged in the main conversation, but I think we can consider here on um, on Easter eggs. Even though it's not really an Easter egg, is uh, this show this episode's writers? It's written by two guys, Adam Horowitz. And uh, Edward Kitsis. Those two guys. The Beastie Boy? Well, no, not the Beastie Boy. But okay. These guys, they're two, they're two writing partners that are actually known for their work. Uh, they actually just, they, they wrote the show, they wrote ABC's Fantasy Once Upon a Time, and they carried that thing to seven yeah. seasons. And now yeah, that gonna... show has a lot of connections with Lost. Oh, I yeah. didn't know that. Yeah, they even have like um, what's what's the candy bar? Apollo from... bars. Yeah, oh. they have Apollo <laughs> bars. Uh, they have like. I think that they have like posters for Jira. Oh, nice! Oh, the airlines. Yeah, that's what. Yeah, they they have like tons of well, not tons. They have several little Easter eggs that occur throughout Mm -hmm. the the run of Once Upon a Time. Oh, okay. Well, that's that's great. I didn't know all that. Um, I know some people that were watching it when it was on, but yeah, seven seasons. That's a that's a good long run for a show. It's longer than Lost. I think those kind of shows too that have like. like, you know that other one, what's it, American Horror Story, yeah. where it's like, oh, it, it, it gives you freedom. Or like True Detective. Mm-hmm. You know, these are shows where it's like, it's got it's got the banner and the kind of the theme, but like, we're going to we're gonna twist it. It's more it. like a feel, right? Yeah, and we're going to twist it up every season. You get this anthology season. And speaking of anthologies, those two guys that I just mentioned that wrote this episode, mm-hmm. since they've finished wrapping on Once Upon a Time, they're going to be working on the new Amazing Stories for Apple TV. You guys ever heard of Amazing Stories? Um, back in the 1980s, oh, I it sounds like a vaguely familiar. Steven Spielberg. Exactly, yeah. it was a it was it, a it's Steven like a Spielberg hopeful version of uh, Twilight Zone. Yeah, and limits, right. I, yeah, I remember that. Yeah, it had that very like it was more f- fantastic. Yeah, I it guess. was fantastic and wonderment and yeah. all that stuff. Yeah. Whereas uh, you know, they didn't play on the horror. Uh, Twilight Zone is supposed to be like you know creeping dread, yeah. uneasiness. It's funny that you bring that specific movie up. I mean, because like. You know how sometimes you think you have an idea, but right. someone had it before? I like had a stupid idea for writing something where I was like, yeah, man, I, f- I wouldn't be like other people where there's like, oh, there's this here, and then the character does something stupid, and the woman gets angry. I would just have a movie that just awesome stuff kept happening, <laughs> and it just be, and you think like, oh, this awesome, and then another awesome thing would happen, and they're like, that sounds like a terrible movie, but they actually uh-huh. did that. Yeah, <laughs> it was called Crank. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, the conflict yeah. was, how awesome can we make this? Right, it's just like... Oh, we found out how awesome they're going to make yeah. this. We got cranked too. Yeah. Uh-huh. And then I saw... But then here's the funny thing. I High did, voltage. I did see like my idea in action. I'm like, oh, this is a bad idea. <laughs> yeah, is, it's a story with no conflict. Yeah this, yeah. yeah, this is not exciting at all. You think it would just be like, oh, so, awesome. Yeah, I just want to identify with this guy who's having great stuff happen to him. Yeah. And then after a while, you're just like, oh, he has no adversity or trials to overcome. Like, I can't identify with you. No. You've become an unknowable thing to me. Yeah. Uh, since we were talking about Crank, I, I just want to bring this up because it's <laughs> one of my favorite thoughts that I've ever had. Uh, you know how like, people describe movies as it's like this 
happening in a different place or happening with different people. Mm. Like uh, Under Siege was Die Hard on a boat. (laughs) (laughs) My favorite thought that I've ever had is Crank is it's like speed if the bus was Jason Statham. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, my God. Like, Jason Statham is the bus. Yeah. And he can't go under can't 55. Go under. It'd be cool if Sandra Bullock was, like, riding him. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And <laughs> just, well, he did have a different person riding him at one point. There, was a, there was a scene in, in I think, uh, Crank where it's just Jason Statham drives right through, like, a woman with uh, a bunch of cans and a baby <laughs> stroller. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, my God. I did that oh, joke yeah, for I one person that. at the table. Thanks, Chad. <laughs> I remember that scene. <laughs> oh man, I that was a long speed walk. A lot. Yeah, that was one no. of those times where I was hearing the words you were saying, but I was picturing <laughs> the. Uh, and you the were just thinking parts. about how happy yeah. he made it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so uh, now we should get to plugs. Yeah, Anthony, do you even do social media anymore? I I don't. I've been. Do living, you even social, bro? I've been leaving. I've been leave, living my life in actual reality. And, uh, yeah, it's been pretty good. Um, I, I, so I, I will, I know this sounds funny. I know I've been promising, but like, I do have plans yeah. to do like this, like even this podcast, like this kind of inspires me to do, I, I want to do some stuff myself, but yeah, as of now, I think the best thing to do if you want to find me is, uh, if you're ever in Makiki, that's a good place yeah. to find me. Uh, I'm located <laughs> there. Uh, but also just, yeah, I'd say check out uh, local Honolulu comedy. It's like, if you see any live shows, chances are I'm probably begging to be on it. So that's, <laughs> it's a good place to find me. Yeah. So please check out Anthony Negrelli, yeah. everybody. He's a delight. In Makiki. <laughs> just just or at find comedy him, shows. Yeah. Find him specifically in Makiki. Like if, go to, ro- go to a local Honolulu comedy show and then, uh, you know, just follow someone to Makiki afterwards. Yeah. Right. It'll probably, probably be Anthony. <laughs> like if you just if you just come to the comedy show and then if you smell marijuana and just kind of follow <laughs> that scent, I'm probably there. You know, that's that's where you know, just follow your nose. <laughs> yeah, we've said this before. You are the toucan of weed. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that means I can fly. <laughs> I believe it. Yeah. Um, yeah, so uh, follow us on our social medias for the show. Uh, we're on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, all at What Bro Pod. Oh, and uh, you definitely want to follow us on there because you want to be part of Lost Ladness. Yeah, that's still going on. Yes. Every day for, uh, it turns out, 30 days I did the math. So it's going to go well into April. But 30, yeah. 32. 32. Yeah, 32 days. So um, yeah, we're trying to figure out who the, the hunkiest lad on Lost is. So. So please come vote. Yeah, vote. Send us your brackets. We might take you to go see Avengers. <laughs> okay, next week's episode is entitled Question Mark. The actual Because it's mark. about the Riddler. Ooh. Jim Carrey shows up. Nice. <laughs> nice. Like reprising his role like from, his role. from Batman like 95. Forever. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like it's what, ten years? Like, yeah. It's like people need this now. Bring in the riddle. He's like, riddle me this, riddle me that. Who in the world wants to listen to Jack? <laughs> oh, I'm great. so sorry. I just went to a happy place. Just now. That, was, that was fantastic. Yeah. Echo comes in. I'm like, oh, I knew it. I knew it. Uh, yeah, the whole the whole episode of Lost, it is a Batman Forever production. <laughs> Everybody, thank you so much for listening. And uh, that's another episode in the can. You know what to do. Get lost.